Circle comes to you again prepared to do our part to raise funds for this important station, KPFA, and this important program, the KPFA First Voice Apprenticeship Program. Tonight we want to ask, have you ever thought about the chemicals we use around our homes and in our yards and what they may be doing to us, our families, our pets, the environment, even the insects? I'm speaking particularly of the weed killer known as Roundup created and manufactured by mega corporation Monsanto. On tonight's show, we'll discuss the book, The Fight Against Monsanto's Roundup, The Politics of Pesticide. In the discussion, we will be speaking with the author of the book, Mitchell Cohen, and contributor Brian Tokar. Mitchell Cohen is also a contributor to one of our sister stations, WBAI in New York. So we will discuss the importance of community radio and a network like Pacifica. And, of course, tonight we will be asking for your support for the Cape, for KPFA and the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. I am your host tonight, Free Will and Franklin. Please don't touch that dial. Hey, good evening, everyone. Welcome again to Full Circle. Tonight, I want to have a down-to-earth and frank conversation on the use of the weed killer known as Roundup. And not just Roundup, but also Monsanto, who is the developer and the creator of Roundup. What is their history? What else do they have their hands in? And what is their environmental and health effects history? To get a good understanding of all this, we're going to discuss the book, Fighting Monsanto's Roundup, The Politics of Pesticide. And in just a few minutes, joining us will be Mitchell Cohen, who is the author of the book, and also special contributor Brian Tokar. Fighting Monsanto's Roundup, the Politics of Pesticides, has a forward by world-renowned expert on food and pesticides, Vandana Shiva. So we're going to start off with a short sound clip about Monsanto. Included in this will be the voice of Vandana Shiva. And when we return, we will be joined by authors Mitchell Cohen and Brian Tokar. Just a reminder that you can donate any time during the hour and get a copy of this book, Fighting Monsanto's Roundup, The Politics of Pesticide. If you can, please go to kpfa.org where you could make a safe, secure donation. Or if you'd like to call, the number is 1-800-439-5732, and that's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Now, let's check out that sound collage. We'll be right back. Monsanto is a beast with a trail of blood and crony capitalism in its wake. Famous for strong-arm tactics, crooked litigation, and bullying, Monsanto was founded in 1901 as a chemical company. But with time, their influence has reached deep into agriculture and food production. By 1919, its tentacles had already reached big agricultural operations in Europe, and by World War II, it had become a major industrial player. 
Monsanto has had a number of extremely successful products, some of which have included carcinogen links linked artificial sweeteners like saccharin and aspartame. There was, uh, of course, DDT, growth hormones like RBGH, and numerous herbicides like Roundup. Monsanto also gave us Agent Orange, which was used extensively as what they called a defoliant to clear jungles by the US military during Vietnam. It was responsible for the deaths of 400,000 Vietnamese and caused 500,000 Vietnamese children to be born with birth defects. New at noon, the city of Seattle is suing biotech giant Monsanto to make it pay for removing cancer-causing chemicals in the water. The city says the company knowingly dumped the compounds in the city's drainage system and the Duwamish River for years. Seattle needs to build a stormwater treatment plant to clean the system. That will cost about $27 million. Six other major municipalities sued Monsanto as well. Environmental lawyers have begun filing lawsuits against Monsanto for cancer deaths related to their product Roundup. What these lawsuits are showing is an effort both on the part of Monsanto and the U.S. government to minimize the message about the dangers of Roundup in relationship to human cancer. And when you spray Roundup on Roundup ready crops, you are literally killing food and diversity. When you plant Bt cotton seeds, you're killing the bees and the pollinators and the soil organisms. GMOs are a recipe for ecocide. The very idea of GMOs is a death knell for biodiversity. Biodiversity means the integrity of life. GMOs mean appropriating life to own it and patent it. And because there are patents related to GMOs, and the only reasons GMOs are being introduced is to own seeds and collect rents and royalties. Once people know that their food has been genetically engineered, they're going to be a whole lot less likely to eat it and to buy it. The thing is, they know that people question them, the credibility of this company and their allies in the pesticide and junk food industries who don't historically have consumer protection and the environment and public health at heart. Uh, after all, these foods uh, are made by the same companies that told us DDT and Agent Orange were safe, by the same companies that engineer these seeds for the primary purpose of withstanding the pesticides that they are making their money off of. 80, over 85% of the uh, corn grown in this country is, is, uh, is all GMO corn. Approximately 70% of processed foods in the U.S. now contains GMO ingredients. And there are over 50 uh, countries that have either mandated uh, labeling or outlawed uh, GMO food. Corn chips, which are served at basically every Mexican restaurant that I've ever been in, all those chips are going to be are going to be GMO chips. The only way that you know that it's not a GMO food is to eat certified organic food. That's right, eat that organic food. Welcome back to Full Circle right here on 94.1 KPFA at the Pacifica Mothership here in Berkeley. You just heard a short sound collage with some information about Monsanto, a little bit of their history, some of the products they make. We did hear in that clip the voice of Vandana Shiva, who wrote the foreword to the book we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, and tonight on Full Circle, we're offering the book Monsanto, the fight. Um, we're offering the book, The Fight Against Monsanto's Roundup, The Politics of Pesticides. Um, for a donation of $150, you can uh, get that book. 
You can go online at kpfa.org or give us a call right here at KPFA. The number is 1-800-439-5732. And you can remember that by saying 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Um, if you want to speak with an actual person, please call the number 1-800-KPFA. Um, tonight, we want to offer this book, and uh, we're about to speak with the, uh, with our special guest, which is Brian Tokar and Mitchell Cohen, and they are the authors of this book, and um, they are on the line, just about to join us, but I wanted to give you a chance to donate, so if you are feeling uh, to call in, give us a call at 1-800-439-5732, that's 1-800-HEY-KPFA, or click on that mouse at kpfa.org. Well, let's welcome our special guest, uh, Mitchell Cohen and Brian Tokar. Both are contributor, contributors to the book, The Fight Against Monsanto's Roundup, The Politics of Pesticides. Brian Tokar is an activist, author, and a lecturer in environmental studies at the University of Vermont. He has authored numerous articles and some books, including The Green Alternative, Earth for Sale, and Toward Climate Justice. And Brian is also the editor of two books on the politics of biotechnology. Uh, welcome, Brian. How you doing? Good evening. Doing pretty well. It's a late night here in the East. Uh, thank you for staying up for us. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> and I want to also welcome writer, activist, and poet, and author of the book, The Fight Against Monsanto's Roundup, The Politics of Pesticide. That would be Mitchell Cohen. Welcome, Mitchell. Hey, thank you, Franklin. Um, both Mitchell and Brian are contributors to our featured book tonight, and I'm glad we're here to talk about this topic um, and this book, especially that familiar name that we may know of Roundup. Um, but Roundup is just a recent incarnation of the chemicals that have a long and deadly past. Uh, I think it would be a great way to start off with some history on how we got to this point, Mitchell. Talk about how did we get to this point of spray a weed and it and it dies um where did these chemicals actually come from and what were they actually created for right well hello berkeley hey and surrounding area so these chemicals come from world war ii nerve gases and much and um all of these were nerve gases during world war ii and they, that's where they come from. And you can't separate the use of pesticides from the genetic engineering of crops because the crops are engineered in a way to withstand the pesticides. So it's like a lock and a key. And the two go hand in hand. And one of the things I focus on in the book is not only the health dangers to people living here, which is very real, uh, as we know, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is now seen as being caused by the spraying of Roundup, but also it, it just goes on and on. Uh, Brian knows a lot more about that history of Monsanto itself. He's written extensively on that. Well, I got, so, uh, I got Brian right here, and um, my next question was going to be, Brian, did you want to comment on that? Sure. Um, well, Mitchell's got the basic story. Uh, the pesticide industry, starting with organophosphate compounds that really were 
in every case initially developed as, as weapons of war. Uh, coming out of World War II, companies had huge stockpiles. They had developed and identified a variety of new toxic compounds. And the idea of using these uh, extremely toxic organic chemicals to spray on food, in the case of DDT, to spray uh, in people's homes and really pretty much everywhere until DDT was eventually banned. Um, the, the pesticide industry grew tenfold uh, during the 1950s. It's grown another tenfold since then. And now, of course, we have a whole new generation of uh, supposedly more advanced pesticides uh, that in many cases are, are more toxic than ever. Roundup, Monsanto product from the beginning, uh, has become the single most widely used pesticide in the world. And as Mitchell pointed out, the main reason for that is its linkage with the technology of genetic engineering. And uh, the recording mentioned the, the basic fact that more than 80% of all the genetically engineered crops grown, uh, whether they're food crops or things like cotton, um, the main trait that they're genetically engineered for is resistance to Roundup family herbicides. And this was a uh, ploy by... Monsanto when they realized back in the 90s that uh, they were about to lose their patent on Roundup. It was going to go generic and the way to sell more of it and the way to get farmers to sign contracts to continue buying it from them was through the proliferation of these genetically engineered uh, crop varieties. Well, let me let me break that down because I was going to talk about that in a little bit, but we're talking yeah. about it now. So let's um, let's first back up and talk about um, when they started using this um, herbicide, the herbicide of Roundup, when they started spraying it over the fields of Vietnam. Does anybody want to um, kind of talk about that real quick? And then we'll talk about how they've morphed that into these um, genetically engineered crops that actually don't die when they get sprayed. So take us back to well, the, the, spring, Viet the Vietnam years. The spraying years. in Vietnam was actually, was also Agent a Monsanto Orange. product, but it predated Roundup, which... Uh, really only came into widespread use in the 1970s. Uh, Agent Orange was a mixture of two of the most toxic herbicides that are known, uh, 2,4-D and 2,4-5-T. And as a footnote, now that crops all across the U.S. and elsewhere are becoming resistant to Roundup because farmers are using so much of it, they can spray it indiscriminately on their GMO crop varieties, um, they're looking to genetically engineer crops to also be resistant to 2,4-D, the Agent Orange ingredient. Wow. So, so the, these connections are continue to, to evolve. And, and, and I wanted to add to that. Go ahead, Mitchell. It's not, it's not only that these are horrible products, but that Monsanto and the other companies and the government all knew about this. And the companies lied and lied and lied in order to get this on the market and distribute it. So, and this is all coming out in the recent trials of on the on Roundup that people are who have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and other cancers. 
and well, neurological diseases. And people people around here know the case of Dwayne Johnson, and we'll yes, we'll talk about exactly. him and um, that big settlement that he got. But let's take it still to Roundup and the weed killer because I think people feel like it's just a harmless spray that you spray around some weeds in your yard and it just kills a weed and then goes away. But you started touching on these facts that um, agriculture, uh, mega agriculture has grown these crops that have been uh, genetically modified crops, corn and other crops, I'll let you guys um, fill me in on the blanks, that um, have Roundup in their DNA already, right? So the crops have Roundup in them, they're growing, and all the weeds that are growing around them the farmers want to kill, so they will fly over and spray the entire... Well, let me, let me uh, correct okay. you a little bit. The crops don't have Roundup in them. Okay, they explain this, resistance. yeah. There's a resistance to Roundup that's genetically engineered into, the, into many of the soy and corn and many other crops. And also, there's another form of genetic engineering of Bt, of Bacillus thuringiensis, that that's what each crop that's manufactured that way produces in each cell so each cell becomes a pesticide factory and you can't wash it off it's part of the plant and it's horrible so that's so, a bt corn and cotton and that is for human consumption yeah that's right and animal animals and humans yeah and then of course we will eat the animals that eat that food right it's another good reason not to eat animals <laughs> Okay, so um, now that we're kind of clear, or we've been talking about the um, the genetically modified crops and the spraying of the crops that have now become resistant to the weeds, um, we started to really touch about the health effects. But you know, what can spraying a weed killer around our house, um, around our backyard, our lawn? Um, what can that do to our personal space, our pets, um, the biodiversity? Well, you're poisoning your pets. You're poisoning your kids. You're poisoning the rest of the neighborhood. It drifts and it goes onto the lawns and the uh, crops of other and gardens of other people who may not want to use that spray, but now they are being victimized by what some people are doing. So it I'll add that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, go ahead, Brian. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, Mitchell. Oh, so, so that's part of it. Um, it's no wonder that was it Dow that they donated one million dollars to Donald Trump's campaign, and that, so there's a tie-in, a huge tie-in between the politics of, of electoral politics of who's in office, the revolving door of who's in the food and drug administration that's supposed to be approving this stuff whether it's studied ahead of time or not independently or whether it's solely reliant on monsanto's and other companies say so i also know that it's not only trump that a lot of this started in a big way under the clinton gore uh, presidency and vice presidency here and they were they might as well have been the administration from Monsanto, who they appointed to the different agencies, the type of legislation or laws that they introduced and passed. All was horrible. All to allow this. Jimmy Carter was a big proponent of of genetic engineering of his peanut farm. And Hillary Clinton traveled around the world giving speeches in support of genetic engineering. 
and that was one of her main fundraising sources. She got paid for those speeches. So it's Republicans and Democrats alike. It's not one party or the other. They have different angles sometimes in how they're going to address all this. But that's... Uh, so one of the parts of the book is to say, okay, let's look at beyond the party type of structure that we see politics in this country about. And let's look deeper. How is it... How are the pesticides and generic engineering used to facilitate pretty much the conquest of other countries around the world, what they grow for food, their seeds. And Brian could talk more about the seeds and the concentration of the industry, who owns the seeds. I hand it to you, Brian. I was going to mention that we know of at least one incidence of Roundup itself being used as essentially a weapon of war, and that's in, uh, in Colombia, uh, the eradication supported by the U.S. military of uh, coca crops in Colombia. And in that case, they developed uh, an extra high-potency version of Roundup that they were selling, uh, that the U.S. was selling to the Colombian military to use against, uh, against the coca crop. In terms of the direct consequences of using Roundup as, as an herbicide in large quantities, beside the, what we've come to know in just the last few years, about its association with human and animal cancers. That's relatively recent science. But going back 20, 25 years to the beginnings of the commercial use of GMOs, uh, we've known that Roundup and Roundup family uh, mixtures of, of uh, different compounds that are sold in, in various packages of, of uh, weed killer um, are extremely toxic to soil microbes, so you're destroying the health of your soil. Um, we know that it's extremely toxic to aquatic organisms, so the, the, the fish and amphibians and, and other uh, creatures that live in lakes and ponds and streams around fields and lawns even that are sprayed with Roundup are, are seriously under threat. So this is a, a compound with widespread biological effects that are extremely hazardous to uh, organisms at, at all levels of, of the food web. And um, it's being used in such huge quantities now that um, literally weeds are becoming resistant and they're having to use larger and larger quantities and as I mentioned developing GMO varieties that are resistant to even more toxic uh, types of herbicides. And yet there are only seven countries in the world that, that have banned both the cultivation and the importing of genetically engineered agriculture and I've asked listeners guess which ones they are, and you'll never you'll never guess. I don't think. Well, um, keep that list close, and we will not reveal it until a few minutes, and we will let the listeners hold on. Um, those are the voices of Mitchell Cohen and Brian Tokar. We're talking about uh, Monsanto and their products such as Roundup, and we're discussing their book, The Fight Against Monsanto's Roundup, The Politics of Pesticides. And as you may know, KPFA is in the midst of our winter fun drive. You can get that book. 
the politics of pesticides for a donation of $150 by calling 1-800-439-5732. If you're listening online, you can donate securely there at kpfa.org. Um, the number again, 1-800-439-5732, and that's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. We're hoping to take just a minute here to get a couple people on the line. We want to show your support for the KPFA First Voice Apprenticeship Program, which is what this show is a part of, and show your support for KPFA at the same time. Uh, You can educate yourself and others about the dangers and the histories of these herbicides, pesticides, these poisons. Um, Give us a call, 1-800-439-5732 or kpfa.org. And we are trying to get a match. Thank you to Danny in Pittsburgh and Sylvia in Clovis. They have combined uh, $480, so we're going to start on a match uh, for that right now. And we'll um, all the money that comes in now will be to double that. And I want to do a quick shout-out to Barbara in Richmond, Lorraine in Kalinga and Sylvina in Fairfax. Thank you all for donating to KPFA tonight. Um, If this topic interests you, the hazards of hazardous chemicals and food products um, being produced by the same company, you might also be interested in the film that was featured earlier this week called Secret Ingredients. Um, The film documents how long-term health and well-being is impacted by harmful poisons that make it from the fields, such as we're talking about tonight, um, to our dinner dinner tables. It also offers information on simple dietary changes that will have you feeling better, thinking more clearly, and improve your chances of a long and healthy life. You can get the book, The Fight Against Monsanto's Roundup, and the film Secret Ingredients, both for a donation of $225. And don't forget to ask when you call in if you could break that up over monthly payments. And um, it'll take a little bit of the bite out of the donation. Um, Another big shout-out to all the people that have been calling and donating. We appreciate it. You know, uh, the First Voice Apprenticeship Program is a training program here. We got a room full of uh, people that are learning right on the other side of the glass here. Stevie G at the controls. um, Kay, who's learning and assisting. And also, I believe Sharon Peterson is in there somewhere. So a big shout-out to the Apprenticeship Program tonight for holding down um, the controls. But let's turn back to our special guests. Thanks for hanging in there, Mitch and Brian. Um, Mitchell Cohen and Brian Tokar, who are both contributors to our featured book tonight, The Fight Against Monsanto's Roundup, The Politics of Pesticides. Um, again, welcome, Mitchell and Brian. Um, thanks for hanging in there. Yeah. My pleasure. Um, we want to continue our conversation since we have our experts on the line. And we've been kind of you know, jumping around like BT corn, BT cotton, you know, all these different products. And there's a lot going on in the um, genetically modified food world. Can someone real quickly um, talk about the merger between Bear and Monsanto and um, what they're doing with that merger and what's becoming of Monsanto itself? Yes. Um, it turns out that the name of Monsanto... Uh, has become so toxic, even on Wall Street in the last several years, that for quite a long time, uh, I would say 10 years or more, uh, there have been various efforts of other companies to buy them out, to buy uh, off some of their products, 
to break the company up. Uh, none of these efforts succeeded until uh, just a couple of years ago when Bayer made an offer, and we think of Bayer Aspirin, and it's a pharmaceutical company, but the reality is that for the entire, since the middle of the 20th century, Bayer has consistently been the world's largest manufacturer of insecticides. So Bayer bought Monsanto and essentially is in the process. It's ironic, of course, with this book just coming out, but we were aware this was happening, that they, they're basically doing away with the Monsanto name and bringing their various products, Roundup and the GMO seeds that are resistant to it and the other kinds of GMOs that they produce. Uh, it's also important to point out that... Uh, I, if I remember correctly, the merger of Monsanto and Bayer is now also the world's largest seed producer. Um, the that merger cost Bayer $62 billion that they were willing to shell out, even though they knew that Monsanto was being subject to all these lawsuits of people who were made sick by it and even knowing that even knowing that they may be on the line for billions of dollars they nevertheless went and bought Monsanto and I always wondered why that was they're taking and, on quite a bit of responsibility there well, yeah and so you wonder why and well it now turns out that Monsanto has developed a way of genetically engineering marijuana I, I kid you not no, and, okay. and developing pesticide to unlock, to use with that genetically engineered marijuana. And this is happening at the same time that a lot of us fought for the easing of the marijuana laws all over the country. And, well, fancy that. These are happening at the same time now. So that's what, and they're going to be trying to corner the market if, if they can on marijuana. So it's really important to fight f to allow homegrown or local grown that's independent of the pesticides and independent of the genetic engineering and independent of the control by Bayer and Monsanto. And at the same time, we have not only Bayer buying Monsanto, but we have DuPont merging with Syngenta, which itself was a merger with Novartis, Sandoz, Sibogeigi merged in 20 years ago, and Zeneca is now bought by ChemChina. So these are three of the main world seed owners and, and producers around the world. And yet, and so everything is consolidating into these three or four companies now, mega companies, giant companies. And we're talking control. about the, the seed industry and the pesticide industry. That's the crucial connection that I think it's most important for people to understand. There was a whole wave of mergers and divestments for a while. The pharmaceutical companies were also combining with GMO food companies. That turned out to not be so favorable. But the aggressive purchase of the world's leading seed companies by the pesticide industry is something that's been underway for the entire 20 years that GMOs have been commercially produced. Well, well let's get into the seeds a little bit because we started to mention it earlier in our first conversation, but we got a little sidetracked. So yeah. talk about 
um, like you were just saying, these chemical companies and stuff that are buying up seeds. And let's use um, the farmers of India, for example. Um, when they patented the seed, the, they patented the life, once um, a farmer grows that crop, normally they would let some go to seed, they would save seeds, and they would save up for a crop for next year, and they would continue on, you know, every year saving seeds and, you know, collecting a variety of seeds. But now that these seeds are patent, um, the farmers aren't allowed to save their own seeds, so they're forced to buy these seeds every year. So talk about this control that Monsanto's having over life itself, the seed, and um, what it's doing in India. Well, it's a new form of colonialism, right? It seems uh, privatizing not only land or resources that are out there, but the very life forces within, within the individual cell inside our bodies, the biological cell. And this is a whole new way of developing, I mean, Marx called it primitive accumulation if you follow that and it's a new way of extending capitalism into the very processes of our body itself and so the seeds are now being controlled and it's you know it's a again not only colonialism but there are so few countries that are resisting that i mentioned that before the break and let me show how this ties in a little bit so two of the seven countries that have banned cultivation and imports of genetically engineered crops those include guess first one russia russia has now totally banned the development the planting of gm crops and the second one that of the seven is venezuela and Venezuela has banned. And what two countries is the U.S. government going, you know, thinking of going to war with and fighting over? And if you look, even going back to Yugoslavia under Clinton and Gore, one of the um, points in the Rambouillet Agreement that they had during that war in 99 was that they had to be able to plant huge tracts of genetically engineered crops because that had been previously not allowed in Yugoslavia and it, also in Somalia when the US went into Somalia the supposedly benign war under George W.H. Bush followed up with Clinton as well they were one of the outcomes of that was the planting of huge fields not fields huge tracts of genetically engineered cassava and all of this is a way of trying to take over the world's food supply at the same time as expanding the global reach of the U.S. ruling class and taking it over and show and just controlling everything around the world and through the control of the food supply. So all of this is the, the tie-in between the military and the pharmaceutical industry and the chemical industry the pesticide industry there it's all of a of a piece and what we try to do in the book is to look at how the different forms this takes so it's not only a book about oh it's horrible which it is they're killing us which they are but it's how they're trying to use these technologies to take over 
different parts of the world that had previously been outside of their control. Vandana Shiva, whose name came up earlier, who wrote the foreword to this book and was uh, quoted in in the audio segment at the beginning, calls it a form of biocolonialism. And uh, one of the main methods for enforcing that is, of course, the patent system, um, <clears throat> genetically engineered varieties of plants and animals have been accepted in the U.S. and Canadian courts as inventions, uh, and therefore uh, companies have proprietary rights over these uh, seeds. Farmers are not allowed and get sued by Monsanto, now Bayer, if they choose to save and replant their own seeds. And there have been a number of notorious cases of farmers being prosecuted and fighting it through the courts in both the U.S. and Canada. Um, and through the World Trade Organization and other global institutions, the U.S. has tried to impose its approach to uh, genetically engineered seeds as intellectual property uh, really around the world. And um, they've attempted to enforce this in India, as you mentioned, and uh, a number of other countries. Um, and it's, uh, I agree with Mitchell, it's, it's really uh, an insidious mode of control that's being exercised by... But people uh, are fighting back. It's, yeah. not, it's not just that, oh, we're just victims only. People are fighting back all over this. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about some of that resistance. What's happening? Um, there was the march against Monsanto recently, and we have um, a lot of lawsuits happening. So let's uh, talk briefly about the resistance and what's happening in the courts. Well, in the courts, uh, there's 9,000 lawsuits that have been filed and growing against Monsanto. I was just looking at one in France today by a farmer named Paul Francois, who's was poisoned by spraying his farm by with uh, Roundup, and also that, and so he's resisting it both in the courts and in terms of mobilizing people. And people are doing that everywhere. People are resisting in different ways. People are tearing up fields of experimental, genetically engineered crops. That's been going on for a while in England and elsewhere. There's people are targeting banks that give funding to these corporations that to produce this stuff the only yet the u.s government is <laughs> is facilitating even though there's a mass opposition here in the u.s to that hasn't taken the the kind of militant form yet in a in a widespread way some people have but it, it's not widely resisted but farmers here are not happy with having to use the spraying and the genetically engineered uh, crops that then you're not allowed to replant the next year without renting, re-renting the seeds from Monsanto. So instead of, Brian touched on that earlier, so instead of saving seeds, which is what farmers have always done from their crop and then using that to grow again, now you're not allowed to do that. You have to repurchase them from from Monsanto in this case. And in order, and it's just adding to the huge money burden on farmers and it allows giant mega corporations to start expropriating the land that pre 
Uh-oh. Sound like we might have lost somebody there. Uh-oh. That was um, Mitchell, and this is Brian? Yes. Um, I can add that farmers in the U.S. in collaboration with allies around the world were successful in the mid-2000s in uh, preventing the commercialization of genetically engineered wheat. Uh, for 20 years, uh, we've had a, uh, we've pushed companies to end their marketing of genetically engineered potatoes, although there's a, a new variety that's now being promoted using uh, the latest gene editing technologies, which are less regulated and more difficult to, to monitor than conventional genetic engineering. Um, in terms of resistance, though, I think it's also important to point out that the number of countries around the world where genetically engineered crops are being grown on a large scale is, is actually a very small number. Um, I don't have the percentages in front of me, but the U.S. and Brazil and Argentina, which are growing most of the, the soybeans for export around the world these days, are, are, are overwhelmingly the largest growers of GMO crops. And then there's some in Canada, uh, some in India, where there was huge resistance in the early years, and, and companies have managed to, to force their way in uh, in some sectors. But uh, most of the world is, even though the, there are only a few countries that are overtly banning it, there are very few countries where genetically engineered crops are being grown on anywhere approaching the scale that we have them here in the U.S. And perhaps the kiss of death, hopefully, will come now that it's being revealed that the use of Roundup is containing arsenic and, and putting arsenic into the water and onto our crops. And where did that come from? Uh, there's a French researcher named Seralini who's just developed, just put that out there within the last year about the high levels of arsenic and how we're being poisoned not only by the GMO and not only by the pesticides, but by arsenic itself. So perhaps that will help galvanize people to further than they are to take action. But the question is that we raise in the book is what do we do because the industry is set up that you get rid of one pesticide, you get rid of DDT, or you get rid of arsenic, which used to be used as a pesticide, as an herbicide, and so you get rid of that, and then what happens then? The industry just comes out with yet another chemical, yet another way of poisoning the land and poisoning ourselves. So now Monsanto is coming out with Dicamba, and that's if and that's already in use in some places, and there's a resistance in a number of states to it because it's wrecking the crops of... It's of another homeless. weed killer that crops are being genetically engineered to be resistant to. And so what, people then what, who aren't familiar with that. Right, so what happens then? What is the role of our movement so that we're not only fighting one pesticide at a time, one issue at a time, how do we develop the kind of movement and the kind of way of thinking that addresses way more than that, that addresses the system, the systematic 
uh, destruction of the land. The idea that you the, that you need to kill weeds. They even define something as a weed to begin with. What's today's weeds were yesterday's American Native people's way of treating different illnesses. That's and right. So how how why are we? seeing everything as weeds to begin with. I was um, taught in a landscaping class that a weed can be defined as poop, a plant out of place. So any right. plant out of the place you want it can be considered a weed. But um, let me just pause for a second because we're going to take um, a quick break for uh, people to donate. So those voices that you are hearing are the voices of Mitchell Cohen and Brian Tokar, who are two of the authors that are presenting the book, The Fight Against Monsanto's Roundup, The Politics of Pesticides. And that is our thank you gift to you tonight for a donation of a for a donation for $150 for a donation of $150 thank you sir and we're also offering the DVD secret ingredients which also covers these topics and that is for $100 or $10 a month um, the book is $150 or $15 a month you can get them both for a donation of $225 and let me give out the number to call it is 1-800-439- Five seven three two. That's one eight hundred. Hey KPFA. You can also donate by going online at kpfa.org. And I just want to remind the listeners that this station is supported by you. This training program that I am a part of and a graduate of was and still is supported by you, our listeners. And I entered this program back in two thousand and five. Since then, I've watched dozens and dozens of people come through the First Voice Apprenticeship Program and create moving and informative, inspiring radio. So please, if you can, continue to support this work of KPFA um, and the KPFA First Voice Apprenticeship Program. Again, the number to call is 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. And if you happen to be like my Uncle Tony, who I hope is listening over in Ohio... Um, you can donate online at kpfa.org right there when you're listening. And um, let me list real quick a couple of the special broadcasts that the First Voice Apprenticeship has done. We were at the March for Real Climate Leadership a couple years ago. Uh, we did Block the Boat. We had the Iraq Veterans Against the War roundtable discussion on war and the effects of war. Um, recently, we had uh, the lead up to the teacher strike. We just did the March for Climate Jobs and Justice. We also were at Shutdown Creech in the Nevada desert for a week. And all those were video broadcasts that were live streaming as it happened. Yeah, that's us. We're working for you, the listeners. And we got a link to some of those videos on our website, kpfaapprentice.org. Uh, please check that out after the show. And if this is work that it sounds like you want to support, um, please consider donating at this time during this hour and this show, and that shows your support for the KPFA First Voice Apprenticeship Program. One last time, again, the number is 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA or online at kpfa.org. Uh, Mitchell and Brian, I'm going to have you hold on just for two minutes here and get Steve in there to play um, our music break. This is a relevant music break to our show tonight. So please keep it tuned right here to KPFA. Mitch and Brian, um, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. 
drop of poison for your backyard. One drop of poison for your lawn. One drop of poison for your backyard. Nothing will grow anymore. One drop of poison for the diamond. One drop of poison for the range. One drop of poison for the diamond. Nothing full circle right here on kpfa you just heard one drop of poison by the aaron harris and the farm band they actually sang that song live on a, another episode of full circle and tonight we have been talking with our special guests mitchell cohen and brian tokar both are contributors to the book that we are featuring tonight the fight against monsanto's roundup the politics of pesticides and mitchell and brian um, we're going to begin to wrap up our show but i want to give you guys the opportunity to talk about this book and tell our listeners why a book like this is so important at this time. Let's start with you, Mitchell. Well, thank you. I would answer that question by just looking at the different authors in the book. So while Brian has a great chapter on the history of Monsanto and how it began and where it came from, and I have several chapters laying out some of the politics, as I see it, the global politics, there's also um, Children and Pesticides by Patricia Wood, Catherine Swan. It's not that anyone wants to kill butterflies, but then there's uh, Beth Yeun of Oakland right out there. Uh, which side are you on talking about the effects on workers of, in the pesticide, in the farm, uh, in the fields, and what are the effects of pesticides on them? Uh, pesticides and U.S. cigarettes. You're not you're not using tobacco in any U.S. cigarettes. It's all pesticides, like 57 different kinds of pesticides by uh, John John Jonick. Oh, why I stopped using pesticide poisons by Steve Tweeden, who is a pesticide applicator. Uh, where in the world is it relatively safe to eat by Carolina Cosator? Uh, uh, the consequences of glyphosate and its effects on animal cells, animals and ecosystems by Robin Esser. 
unsafe at any dose. Glyphosate in the context of multiple chemical safety failures by Jonathan Latham. Glyphosate on trial, the search for toxicological truth by Sheldon Krimsky. I'm just reading through the table of contents right now. Then there's the news coverage. How did Reuters covers this by Stacey Malkin? And there's also Martha Herbert, Dr. Martha Herbert, when rights collide, genetic engineering versus preserving biocultural integrity. And glyphosate acting as a glycine analog, slow insidious toxicity by Stephanie Seneff. And we conclude with Jay Feldman, respecting the underground ecosystem and gut microbiome. And so I asked all these people and more to, to write different aspects so that it, and I try to tie that all together in the chapters that I've written to show how these different aspects become a mosaic in which they tell a story for me on how capitalism in this period of time is utilizing this technology as a metaphor for other technologies as well and how we come to believe ideologically that we're dependent on a lot of these things when we're not and the way in which it's taking over large tracts of the earth's surface and the way people are resisting. Let's get um, Brian a chance to answer this. Brian, um, what do you think about the importance of getting out this type of information? Well, I think it's incredibly important because, as we've said, uh, these compounds have severe effects on people's health and on the health of living ecosystems. And as Mitchell pointed out, the global politics that surround these issues uh, really help illuminate the bigger picture, the systemic dimensions of what's happening to our food and what's happening to our cropland. I'll also add that several of the names that Mitchell mentioned are people who have been among the leading experts on these issues, people Mitchell and I have worked with in some cases for 10, 20 or more years who have been systematically following these issues and their evolution and uh, how we've gotten to the situation today where finally uh, much larger numbers of people are beginning to question the widespread use of pesticides and this book will help uh, people move forward with that work and be armed with uh, the best information from a wide variety of perspectives on uh, what the problems are and what we can do about them. And well, if I can uh, jump in here, I wanted to put in a pitch to KPFA listeners because I used to, I'm at WBAI and I used to be the chair of the local board at WBAI and Pacifica itself is so important. KPFA is so important in not only getting this information out there, but it's not only about getting information out, but in terms of mobilizing people, in terms of organizing people in terms of resisting the fascism that's coming down in this country. And so I wanted to do what I can to help KPFA out. And I thank you so much, Franklin, for giving us the opportunity to do that in some way that we could contribute. 
I well, I appreciate the offer and um, all the work that you guys did on this book. Let's give out the title again, real quick. This is the fight against Monsanto's Roundup: The Politics of Pesticides. It can be yours for a donation to help out our station of one hundred and fifty dollars. That's fifteen dollars a month, and um, you can get that by calling one eight hundred four three nine. 5732. That's 1 800 Hey KPFA. You could also um, go to the preferred method, which we go to, which would be going to kpfa.org. Give us a click, give us a do- donation if you can. We're also offering the, um, the DVD Secret Ingredients, which covers a lot of these topics that we're talking about tonight. You can get the book and the DVD for a combination of $225. I highly recommend that. This is great information that you need tonight. Um, Mitchell and Brian, we're coming to the end of our hour. I really want to thank you for all this hard work you're doing and all this very, very important information that you're helping getting out. And I'm glad to see that uh, um, at least a couple people have uh, donated for the book. Let me give a big shout-out to San Francisco, Palo Alto, Antioch, my hometown, and um, Richmond, Kalinga, Fairfax. Uh, thank you all for donating tonight to KPFA and keeping this uh, important station alive. And Brian and Mitchell, I really appreciate uh, you joining us tonight and um, giving us all this great information. And Mitchell, thank you for making this book available to us here at KPFA. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Frank, and happy to be supporting KPFA. Thank you, and um, we'll continue to talk, and um, let's keep this network together and uh, keep Pacific toge- Pacifica together. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Thanks so much. All right, you guys have a good night. Thanks for staying up you for too, us. Too. Good night. Thank you. And um, thanks for tuning in tonight, everybody. I really appreciate all the support I've been getting tonight. Um, we got Stevie G at the controls there. We got uh, Miss M is our senior producer. I'm the technical director of Free Will and Franklin. I seen Kay was over there. Sharon, uh, thank you for the assistance on the board. We really appreciate it. Um, stay tuned now. La Onda Bajita is next. Stay tuned.